Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, welcome to another week, another episode of the Medicine Ball Podcast. You could have chosen to spend your time anywhere. You rock with me today. Thank you. I never take that lightly. Before we get into it, let my beat drop. Yes, yes, that's right. Welcome to Medicine Ball with your boy LS3 to be exact. And if you ain't in shape, at least your brain should be. Welcome. Ladies and gentlemen to the Medicine Ball Podcast where we focus on giving your brain a six pack by exercising your mind. Now exercising your mind means that you actively think about and deal with all situations by first seeking to do anything other than what you are normally programmed and or comfortable in doing. Now if you're someone who struggles and wants to get better at thinking about things beforehand as opposed to reacting in ways that require less effort, well just like anything you want to get better at, it does require training practice and work now i'm well aware that thinking about things beforehand as opposed to responding off instinct does require effort and who doesn't prefer things that are easy well the first step my friends can be very easy and that's to begin to look at all things from an unbiased point of view which in itself will increase your curiosity in life now exercising your mind won't give you all the answers you will however begin to look at things with more peace understanding and patience while simultaneously equipping yourself with more tools and strategies to help you effectively deal with this thing called life now before we go any further i'm no doctor no psychiatrist no psychologist i have however been diagnosed with bipolar disorder level one for 16 years and to be honest i got to a point in my life where i was looking at the person i was becoming versus the person i wanted to be and that among other things required me to look at my mental health responsibly so whether or not you're diagnosed or know someone who's diagnosed or have symptoms or just want to know more about it it doesn't matter maybe you're one of the many people who could just use some tips tricks and different ideas to help you get through day-to-day life pull up a seat kick up your feet this is your family man welcome home no judgment zone this week's episode episode 509 friday let's go ladies and gentlemen gentlemen and ladies welcome to another week another episode of the medicine ball podcast i appreciate y'all rocking with me real quick like subscribe share tell a friend to tell a friend medicine ball ls3 that's also available at www.medicineballls3.com that is my facebook group Follow me there. That is my Facebook page. Follow me there. Reach out to me. Uh, If you go to the website, we still have merchandise. Reach out, support with the uh, web merchandise. Also, YouTube. I see my subscribers going up even though I'm doing shorts. Shout out to y'all. We'll continue to provide you guys with the best content. As I said, I'm currently looking for a video editor. But in the meantime, I'm going to continue to push forward and uh, the best way I can. Also, go follow my guy, Mamba. That's right. That guy, Mamba. Mamba on Instagram. He may have a Facebook too, I'm pretty sure. Just try to keep in mind that I'm running his account as well. So when I get these messages and these requests, it's a little odd to me, but I'm gonna ride the wave. Mamba has reels that have literally, uh, some of them combined almost have hundreds of thousands of views. One of them early on had about 25,000 views. So go follow, like, subscribe, share, reach out to me, man. Um, I'm available and let's get right into this week's episode. No, real quick, uh, be on the lookout for the guests that we're going to have coming up as well as music and beats. If you're following me on my social media, then you will see that I have still been rocking with the beat production, music production. I only continue to get better. I take time away and uh, I often think that I'm slacking. But in the meantime, while I'm taking time away, I'm doing things like I got like 100 shorts 
a hundred little clips of videos that are all saved that talk about everything from EQ and to sound design, so forth and so on. So when I come back and I really put my all into it, it gets me excited because I can see the growth and it makes me feel, you know, hopeful for things I'm seeing. So um, now let's get into this episode. Episode 509, Friday. So let's get right into it, man. Um, I, I don't really know a way but to get right into this. And this is going to go along with what we're doing with self-development. And this is going to be a lesson in closure and navigating difficult situations, all right? So for those of you who have been following me since season one, when it's come to talking about my day job, right, because I have businesses and things, but when it comes to talking about my day job, it's been tedious. And previously, I have been very, very careful about, you know, explaining what's gone on in some of those situations. And I wanted to speak on it more because I knew that they were learning situations or teaching opportunities for somebody who might be going through something similar. So let's just get right into it. So uh, the management position, you know, that I often talk about on this show, it's been about four years. Um, It is a remote work from home job. And when I started that job, I started as a regular agent. But this is when I'm starting to put the podcast together and really looking at the person I was becoming versus who I wanted to be and working on my development and just being very diligent and intentional about moving and developing myself into the person that I wanted to be happy with. And I've talked in previous episodes about, you know, writing down character goals or personal goals that you have for yourself and your characteristics and the type of person you want to be. So with that being said, when I got to the virtual job, I will say that I am a little bit more computer savvy than average. A lot of that is because my father was a networking specialist for APS. A lot of it is because when you're dealing with, um, engineering, music, video editing, and, you know, plugins, VSTs, and all that kind of stuff, it's hard to stray away from the computer because if you don't know how to upload files or locate files in certain folders or file types and that type of stuff, you're going to get eaten alive in the production um, field and in the engineering field. So all of that to say, uh, I, I was very diligent with the job, right? And there's a reason that I'm expressing all of this. And Maybe you can look at the title and put two and two together, but this is going to make good entertainment for you all. And I, I just want to make sure like, like that I say that this isn't to diss nobody. This isn't to make nobody feel bad. This is not to down nobody. These is facts, right? So um, when I first started the job, I did my due diligence. I went and looked at the reviews, right? I went to Glassdoor. I'm a nerd. I know how to get around the paywall and some stuff. But long story short, things that I saw about this job. Before I even started, right? The training was subpar. The training was trash. They have a click uh, kind of DNA or a culture where it's more, you know, when you get to certain level, it's more politics and who likes who versus actually doing good work and being diligent. Uh, I read about them overworking you unfairly. And when I'm reading reviews, whether it be a product or a restaurant or a job I take it with a grain of salt you know what I mean the reviews that are 100% bad I put them to the side the ones that are 100% good I put them to the side but if you keep reading you will read reviews that sound like they come from someone who's not mad right who's just telling their truth so those two things immediately stuck out to me because I started seeing that in one form or another with the job about it being a click environment and um 
playing teams and all of this, just back office stuff. And uh, the fact about how they work you and the training was trash. One thing I also learned about this job is, and I don't know what it, the exact acronym, but it's a women empowerment job, right? So a majority of the people in leadership are women, right? My boss was a woman and um, they, they and, and, and kudos to that, right? I don't have a problem with that, but they're going to hire some women. That I'm saying that because it's going to be a preface for some of the things that I had to go through. So with me knowing what I knew about the training and kind of the culture and me being a music producer and being in situations where I've had to, you know, Jay-Z said it best. I'll show you how to move in a room full of vultures. I took it with a grain of salt. I immediately, I was hungrier because I was coming off of a rough period in my life where not too long ago, from that point of me getting that job, you know, I was in an extended stay. I had lost a car. I, I, I was at the bottom or, you know, I felt that way. So I was already hungry to just be diligent and, and, and hustle. That's what I do. I grind. Before I give up and quit, I'm going to always fight. So with that attitude, with that understanding, me starting Medicine Ball, the person that I went into this job was probably one of the most diligent professional people I have gone into a job at. That led me to observing right away. And I don't mean nothing bad like this, but just like a majority of the people who they had in my training class probably weren't qualified for that job. Uh, the job required you to be on the phone, deal with multiple programs, jump screens and things of that nature. And people couldn't even do that. So uh, I, I'm not a goody two shoes. I'm not arrogant or anything like that. And all of this is going to make sense, y'all. Just follow me. All right. I'm not a good goody two shoes. I'm not arrogant or anything like that. Um, but I did notice that I was just ahead of the people to my left and my right. Right now, in retrospect, I ended up being a manager and I ended up being some of these people's boss. But for the sake of the story, that's neither here nor there. So it got to be in a position where they would like give us assignments to work on by ourselves. And, you know, they can view it's virtual. They can view your screen and all kind of little weird stuff that I caught on to very quickly. And um, I was finding that I was finishing the exercises too fast and I was answering the questions and I knew stuff before people. And I didn't want to be a know it all. I didn't want to be a goody two shoes. So when we would start doing assignments, I would just hold back, you know, because they'd be like, yo, raise your hand or let us know, whatever, whatever. I would just start holding back on it because I didn't want to be seen as the know-it-all, arrogant. No, I, I didn't want to do that. And they started looking, my trainer at the time, started looking at my screen. And they would be like, yo, you've been finished. Why aren't you saying anything? And so at that point, the job description wasn't matching up with what they were telling us to do. And long story short, I let my trainer know that I was no fool. I knew what was going on. And like, you weren't going to be able to tell me anything. So I was asking questions like, yo, is this a sales job, job description, so forth, so on, right? Boom. All of that to say by the time, now, now mind y'all, I'm a regular agent at this point. And being a manager, I got privy to a lot of information that I didn't know at that point. It was kind of like out of my pay grade, right? So you go from training, and uh, by the time I left training, because of my diligence, I was just identified as somebody who could be a leader. I was identified as somebody who could be a manager already coming out of training. Now, y'all, this is when the story gets good, because I know this now in retrospect, but I didn't know this at the time. And I might take a pause. And say, I mean, I'm going to keep going because it's, it's about to get really heavy with this episode and the things that I'm about to say. Um, so I come out of training. And I go to what I think is an agent is my manager, my, my TL, my team leader, right? Um, African-American lady. Um, I'm trying to think about how to say this, y'all. 
So anybody who knows me personally or met me in person or follow, you know, even in my arrogant days online or whatever, whatever, like I'm not like a ladies man. I don't have no game. I will tell you that. I know I have charisma. I know I can be charming, but we're in this really weird space where, and I can't speak for all other cultures, but I'm speaking from the black culture. We're in this really weird space where if you're kind and respectful, right? And you could call it charming. Right. But I'm not running no game. I'm not saying, yo, I'm not even with these folks. Yo, you look nice today or nothing, but I'm just being respectful. Like, yo, appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? You did a lot for my development. We're in this weird space where if you do that and you're not careful with it, my experience has been that the woman's going to take it as if you like them or something, which is weird. Right. So that's just my experience. And I'm not talking about no game. I'm talking about, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. How can I help you? Little stuff like, yo, if you on my team or something and I appreciate what you do, I might buy you lunch. But I'm not saying I want to holler at you. I'm not getting your number. Now, mind you, these folks not even in my state, right? So I understand perception, but it just wasn't that. All right, cool. So I come out of this training class and go to an African-American woman who's my TL, and she has a SME, a subject matter expert, which I learned, and I'm actually in these positions later, but I'm going to just keep it real. Her SME was very knowledgeable and could have been a TL. She didn't know how to talk to people. Like, and I don't know how else to say it, and I'm not slandering. This is facts. She was hood. She was hood. Just the way that I saw her carry on with other people, and I just snap on people. So now we get into this game to where everything's virtual, where they start pulling you into these side chats, right? So until you get to a certain level, which most people might not even make it to, where you get more privileges with your chatting that you use for the virtual job, you just kind of dare to be pulled into a side chat with whoever the TL, whoever pulls you, deems you to be pulled in there with. So it started going from, now mind you, I'm fresh out of what I'm thinking is training, thinking I'm on my regular team. I'm getting pulled into these side chats by this person who's my TL and her SME, two black women. There's some things being said right uh, behind the scenes. And then they kind of treated me like a can of meat. Like, and, and now, now I'm gonna keep it real. These women is older than me. So here comes somebody talking about some, she like you. She want, like, I'm just like, I'm just like, what? Now, mind you, you got to play the game when you get into corporate America and you start going up the leadership ladder. And uh, as a black male, Bruh, you don't get the you don't get as much leeway as as females. And, and I know people are like, oh, women don't get paid as much. I mean, I'm about to give y'all some stories of my experiences. But long story short, it wasn't advantageous for me right there to be to, to just be like, yo, don't talk to me like that. But I let her know I wasn't interested. And this was the subject matter expert. So we could call her like the assistant team leader. The team leader. Somehow. And I don't even know what happened. These are conversations that they're having in these side chats about each other. Just sloppy. I'm just going to keep it real. Somehow she decides she want to holler at me. Y'all, I kid you not. At this point, I'm already doing a majority of their work. They're leaving the chats for hours on end. I'm on the phone and watching a team with no real supervisor powers. Right? But, and, and, they, and I'm not going to say that, that, that I was played because I knew it was going on, but they did try to play. So somehow from that, it goes until the TL just pulling me in the chats. And I knew something was up because now I'm in a chat with her and the assistant TL. And then I'm in a separate chat with just her. And I'm in my team chat. And it's just sloppy, bro. This young lady who's my TL, who I thought was my TL at the time, starts lying. 
right? And I'm going to tell my truth now. And there's a reason I'm telling my truth. So the first flag on the play, like, bro, if I'm even going to talk to you, I don't care how you look. There's certain characteristics that if you don't have or if you do have, it's just not going to be attractive to me. And lying about something, a big lie, that's, unne- that's very unattractive. So this lady told me that she played for the, what's the Philadelphia team? It's the NCAA women's basketball team, but it's a big team. They're a Division One team. And the year that she told me she played, I'm a, I'm a sports guru. I'm going to go look it up. They won a national championship. Now, at this point, I think we're Facebook friends, right? Now, mind you, this is my superior. Keep that in mind. This is my superior. We're Facebook friends at this point. And so I'm looking on her Facebook. I don't see nothing about the college. I don't see anything about the championship. I don't see her holding up any merchandise from her school. You feel what I'm saying? If I went to UGA and I was on a national championship team, if you go look and I don't play there anymore, you go look at my Facebook, you're going to see something UGA, right? So I'm looking this up. Long story short, she lied. So you're unattractive to me already because you're supposed to be my superior. You're lying to me about playing college basketball, which I don't even care about. So that's already unattractive to me, right? So at this point, it starts getting sloppy, and I got text messages. And y'all, when I say it's bad, I'm going to get into the story, bro. I'm going to get into the story because I'm going to let it out. I'm going to let y'all know exactly what's going on. One day, this TL calls my cell phone drunk. I could tell she's drunk. And she says, and I recorded this. Right. Like I'm already seeing how she's treating me because, yo, I kid y'all. I kid y'all not. I got all the proof of this. I'm literally getting more responsibility, but it's not necessarily because she liked me. It's because I got the skills to pay the bills. So it ain't like she playing favoritism. I'm doing damn near all of her work. Right. But I would see where I would answer something in chat for one of the women on the team. And this my quote unquote TL would text message me. And be like, why are you talking to those women? It's making me mad. And I got proof of all this to this day. Oh, you all have to understand. I got sisters. And I have, and previously when I was younger, hung around the type of men who do do this stuff. And who do feed off of women. And on top of that, I'm socially aware. So it's like, I realized, so for instance. The first person I went to was my sister, who's the judge, and she didn't really believe me. And I'm not even really mad at her because I know it sounds crazy for someone to be like, like, yo, this chick is basically saying if I don't talk to her, she's making my job life horrible. And I think I previously talked about and touched on this. The reason why I don't mind the experience is because, yo, I was so bad that that experience alone brought me closer to God than I had ever been in my entire life. That's how bad it was. I'm just keeping it real. If y'all want to know, if y'all think I'm capping, I'm telling y'all that that experience and the diligence, because I did end up becoming a manager, but like that was bad, bro. Because when I went and talked to her, she would do stuff like lock my password out the next day so I would have to call her, right? I'm the person she's leaning on to do all her work. You know what I mean? I think one one time the Smea said something crazy to me and I snapped back and she just leaning on me, but that's not even the kicker. And yes, the company knows, and yes, the company admitted fault. And I'm gonna tell you why right here. And I don't, I don't care what happens with this podcast or what happened because I really should probably sue if I was on that type of time. But um, and I'm trying to, and I know this is a lot, but I'm trying to get past this because this is not even like, uh, this is just scratching the board. 
So at this point, she's locking me out of, of the system. She's keeping me over. One day she goes, hey, um, so, okay, so boom, let me go forward. So this person, which I'm telling you, I'm behind the scenes now. So I know that everything she said was BS. She was like, yo, I'm going to get a, I'm about to get a promotion. And for my promotion, they want me to help say that things that we can do better for the people coming out of trainer. And she pulled me off phone, offline to do this. Right now, mind you, while she's doing this, she, she, she's really playing me because I'm doing things like I'm getting a ton of time off the phone because like I'm leading 200 people in a training. At this point, I'm getting paid an agent salary. I don't get no perks, but I'm pretty much doing her whole job. She tells me she's getting a, a promotion and needs to put this report together. And. While this is going on, the sexual harassment at this point is to the point to where if I don't talk to her the previous night or argue with her, like one like one time I was arguing with her and I was like, this is not even my girl. She's like, why? She's not even like, I don't even like her. Why am I arguing with her? But she's making my job hell where I'm working and she's promising me these opportunities. So it's really, a, it's just totally a scam, bro. She's promising me all these opportunities if I kind of talk to her, right? Now, I fought it for as long as I can. And I eventually had to go to HR. Like I had called the department of, uh, what do you call it, man? Whatever. When you work and you got to work complain or whatever, it's got a name that slips me at this point, but it's an official office. I set up, and this was during the pandemic. So when I set up my meeting, my meeting was a month and a half out. So even while I'm trying to do the right thing, it's like I could lead a job or I could try to wait it out. Long story short, it gets to the point to where, I now know she was just a transition team leader because I ended up being a real team leader. So I know this person. I'm getting this. That's the other thing. Nothing happened to him because now I'm a, once I become a manager, I got to deal with her in a capacity every day. Right. But it's getting to the point now where I just got to take it to HR. So I put together a whole case with screenshots because. It was really freaky and I really should have left the job because I don't know how she was texting me, but she was making it. She was able to tell it might be an iPhone thing. She was able to text me and delete all of her messages and make the conversation look a certain type of way. Now, through the grace of God, the phone that I had the real conversations on, I still had and I had upgraded. So that phone was off the network. So when she was doing that to my current phone and it was making the text messages look a certain way, I was able to go back, turn on my old phone, which hadn't been connected to the network. So she wasn't able to delete it and take a picture of the real conversations. And I had to finally go to HR. Not only did that company, y'all. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. They had a couple of meetings with me, but like I ain't no I ain't no slouch. So when I presented them the evidence, it was overwhelming evidence. Do you know that they paid me out for all of those days where she had me off doing her work? They paid me. They paid me out that week for that. To me, that's an admission of guilt. Furthermore, while all of this is going on and she's promising me all these opportunities, I'm seeing people get promoted who came in after me. And I would later find out that because I said something about the mistreatment that was going to cost me my job, locking me out the computer, that prolonged them giving me the manager position. And I should have left in when I found that out. But I stayed diligent. So I'm just going to keep it real. Friday, y'all put it together what this episode is going to conclude with. But it's a reason why I'm just keeping it raw and uncut right now. So long story short, she's a transition TL. They pay me out. They don't do nothing to her. 
Remember when I said that this is a woman empowerment company? Nothing happens to her. Furthermore, after they told her not to call me, she called me two more times drunk. I told my boss, my boss didn't even do nothing. Like, this is really a lawsuit. And as I'm telling this story, I may decide to sue the company. So, boom. They gave me like they're transferring me to a different manager. But what's happening is I'm coming out of transition and going to my regular TL. Now, I didn't have no sexual harassment problems with that, but she made me do her job. And this is somebody who was later my peer. So I'm behind the scenes and I'm hearing my boss at the time talk trash about this person. She even got this person up out of our organization and sent her to another operational manager. This is in retrospect, but my feelings were justified because she told me herself she was trash. And I hope they listen to this so they can know what type of people is there. She told me she was trash. She knew me as an agent who at this point was promised to be a team leader and had gone through all this stuff being a SME and an interim TL. The only other black man there, he left. So at this point, not only that, I am the only African-American male at this job as some type of leadership. Only one. Now, I'm going to take a side note on that to say this. I love my team. But some of y'all was difficult. And my biggest op from day to day at that job in leadership was the African-American woman. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell y'all the rest of the stories. I'm going to tell y'all why I said that. I'm going to tell y'all why I said that. And these are African-American women who was coming in there like, I got a son. He's a king. And he needs to be protected from the world. And the world don't love him. And And I'm sitting up there like, yeah, I'm an African-American male as well. And you my worst enemy. It ain't the white person. It's your lack of accountability. Anyway, I go to this other team with another woman. And she just pretty much has me do her job. And so this is where my boss or OMCJ comes in and she played me. These are all women. She swooped in like, oh, they did you wrong as an African-American male. I'm going to look out for you. This is not right. Oh, I'm going to make sure I watch you and get you the TL. She, she fed me all of that. And I'm the type of person, I heard this somewhere. I think it was the movie I just saw on Netflix called How to Be a Gangster. They said, when you save somebody from a desperate situation, they'll be loyal to you forever. And that's exactly what happened. And CJ, if you listening, you never played me. I just played the game, miss. You was younger than me. Furthermore, you look like the type of person who wasn't very popular in high school and got picked on. So when some of these other girls who probably aren't the most popular or attractive is coming to you, telling you BS about me, who I know who I am, trying to holler at them, you probably getting triggered on some of your old past and things you don't went through with dudes that you wanted to be with but couldn't be with. And so that's why you would even entertain that BS. But I digress. So she hustled me. She blew me up. Now, I wouldn't be right because I know there is a young lady who I do appreciate, who I am still loyal to, who when I went from the transition TL to the other TL, let's just call her Indy. Right. Who was making me do her work. I eventually got to someone. Let's just call her. I don't know. Beverly. Beverly was dope. Beverly was the only person at that job who I felt like looked out for me. Beverly was the one who realized that I shouldn't be in that position. And Beverly advocated more for me than CJ, the person who was the operational manager and brought attention to it. So I don't want to just say because there are a couple of people there, my team. You know, Beverly, you know who you are. There's two more people there who are dope as hell. You know who you are. I ain't going in the names, but y'all know who y'all are. 
I'm talking specifically about, y'all know what's up. If y'all listening, you know who I'm talking about, right? Beverly, you looked out. I will always have some type of loyalty to you because of that, right? But on the flip side of that, she ain't just shoo me in. I had the skills to pay the bills. I was also that. It wasn't just like, yo, um, any, mini, miny, mo. No, I was there or else they wouldn't have picked me because I just told you. I later found out I didn't get my promotion because I got sexually harassed and, and told pretty much. And I only told because it was unbearable. She was really going to get me fired. Right. So, boom. So at the time when they picked these two TLs, they picked me and they pick a white, a, a, a white girl. Right. And in the, in, in the race don't matter, but I'm just giving context. Right. I'm loyal because this is a sister who gave me an opportunity. The other TL immediately comes in and she's on one. She's like, yo, this sucks. She told me, she was like, I don't trust CJ. She was like, the people I have on my team, and if y'all listening, I'm just keeping it real with y'all so y'all can know what the hell is going on at that job and make the best decision for you. The people on my team are horrible. They don't listen now. I'm just going to keep it real. I'm in these meetings behind the scenes and she's crying, talking about how horrible this team is right? It was just me and this other girl, right? The other girl disappears. The other TL disappears for two weeks. And at this point, CJ is like, oh, Trey, just ride it out with me. Be strong with me. Selling me bullshit, right? I'm thinking to myself, a part of me, I'm just going to keep it real with you. A part of me was like, yeah, the white girl left her down. I'm a black brother. I'm not going to do this to my sister. When when reality, my sister do that to me in a minute, right? So she leaves. So y'all got to understand the context of this situation. The people that she had on her team, which they ended up coming to my team, they were rough, bro. She quit. Not only did she quit, she quit unprofessionally. She just like didn't show up the next day and she got a whole team full of people. So my boss goes into saving mode like, oh, don't make me look bad. I'm going to give you all these people on her team. Now, mind you, I'm talking to her. I'm in these meetings. So I know the people who can be perceived as troubled people or people who are hard to deal with. And my boss is trying to feed me some, like, ish, like, yo, she just couldn't handle it, but you can. But I'm knowing that some of these people can be perceived because a lot of these people ended up on my team and I love them. And um, I mentioned this many, many a times. I looked at my team like the Bulls. Even though I'm a Kobe fan, they was like the Bulls. We had Dennis Robbins on, on my team, but we needed them Dennis Robbins. You feel me? We had some uh, Charles Oakley's on my team, but we needed them Charles Oakley. So I just want to make this clear for anybody on my team listening to this. Y'all ain't the issue. The management is the issue. And even to this day, we'll get into it. <laughs> so I take on this team of quote unquote people who made their new TL just quit. Now, I don't complain at this time. Because on my team, it's me, there's a white guy, John, all women. And I'm going to keep it real with you. For somebody who has sisters, like women, you know, they, they squeak the wheel a little bit more. So CJ would be like, yo, you working on Saturday. They would curse CJ out, chump her out, hang up on her and all of that. But me being a virtuous dude, a man, I just didn't think it was conclusive for me to be the squeaky wheel. So I never was the person to complain. Work an extra Saturday. Okay. Take this person who's a problem person, who she told me that behind the scenes. She's giving me people amongst this time, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, I'll take them. 
getting chumped out, disrespected, talked to any kind of way. My boss didn't really care because I wasn't a squeaky wheel and I made ish happen. And people get spoiled when you're like that. And I'm, I'm throwing this out there and I'm hoping that my story will help y'all because you got to be careful when you're navigating it, man, because, yeah, you don't want to be the complainer or the squeaky wheel, but if you don't push back, your bosses will use you. Being good at your job is a punishment, especially as a leader. So I took the people and I turned them folks around. And I'm not patting myself on the back. These is a fact. And the reason is because I built relationships with them. I cared about them. I took the extra time to go back and forth with them to try to get some understanding. While everybody else would be behind there like, yo, I'm going to fire this person. Now, mind you, when I do have an issue, my boss is like, come to me. But my same boss, and I have proof of this, I would come to her. And she would be like, why your team got so many problems? And I'm thinking in my head, you just came to me two weeks ago, two, two, three weeks in a row telling me that these people are problem people. Why do you think that they're a problem? And I'm a newer TL. But I made it happen. And I say that not arrogantly, but factually. So she just kept giving them to me. So let's go back to what I was saying about the job review with the clicks. This is when stuff started getting ugly. So CJ, my OM, had a problem with another OM named Celia. And there was a lot of cattiness going on that I just didn't want to get involved in. But I was becoming collateral damage. Let me explain. They would have these training classes come out every other month or so far. And the classes would be ranked based on their performance. If y'all don't know, now you know. They ranking you. They not saying the nicest thing about you when you coming out. They really blunt with it. This person's a slacker. This person's not. They saying that kind of stuff. So it's like time after time, I'm getting people at the very bottom. And I'm starting to see because Celia and CJ have an issue. And Celia too scared to say something to CJ because CJ a fake bully. I'm going to take the damage because when they give them to me, the other TLs would push back. I'm not taking this person. I refuse to take this person. Guess what they do with them? Put them over on Trey's team. Put them over on LS3's team. So I'm dealing with all of these people who are considered tougher agents, right? Now, let me take some accountability in this situation. I had one agent come across. Um, nice looking young lady. But uh, she found me on social media. And this goes back to this thing that I was saying. If you be nice to somebody, I don't know what kind of weird place we're in. But um, they might take it as you like them. Right? Now, mind you, this is somebody who's not even in my state. You follow me? Long story short, I told this young lady I didn't want to talk to her. I went and told my boss that this was coming on, but my boss in a rush to get out of work ignored me. This lady comes back and is able to pitch my boss this whole story that my boss buys. And then my boss got the nerve to tell me, if you would have told me up front, I could have helped you more. I did try to tell you up front. You brushed me off. Now, I got four sisters, grandnieces, and whatever. Anybody who knows me, I've never harassed any woman. Never will. A woman tell me she don't want to talk to me. Cool. I'm not going to curse you out. I'm not. You probably won't even hear nothing else from me. I'm not a thirsty dude. Check my resume. Now, mind you, my boss don't know that I'm that dude in Atlanta. I throw parties in Atlanta, bro. I'm a producer. I was that guy. I could be that guy at any point. I don't need to be thirsty for these. <laughs> I don't even want to say it. I don't need to be thirsty for these young ladies. I have proof of the text messages. Told the young lady I didn't want to talk to her. She used it against me and went and told my boss I was harassing her. Now, mind you, 
This is actually after I went through a harassment situation with proof where the job paid me out for. They had none of that. And I had to sign a warning. So at that point right there, I knew that my boss had something going on in her past that made it believable that some man who's probably out of her league respectfully don't want to talk to her. And that struck a nerve with her. So around this time, I started realizing that my boss is just, I'm just keeping it real. She was full of it. And it appeared that she wasn't being diligent enough to cover her track. So, you know, I could just speak for me personally. I had issues with some of the agents, you know, just being disrespectful and saying things to me that I know that they wouldn't say to the women TLs because I've heard the women TLs darn near curse somebody out. Starting to feel at this time that like, and while this is going on, I'm on my religious journey. You know, I'm studying up on how to be a good, solid leader, so forth and so on. And I'm feeling really deep down in my heart that, like, I know I'm not going to be at that job long at that point. And I started, you know, a lot of the scriptures and things I was reading were indications that God has you in situations to handle an assignment and then you got to go. So I already knew, and at this point, to be honest, the only thing that was keeping me there wasn't the pay, it was horrible, wasn't the benefits, it was horrible, but my team, because I cared about them. So let's go back to Beverly, who was the TL. Once I got promoted to a TL, she was promoted to operational manager. And I don't know what happened, but um, my boss has this thing of going on these two-week vacations when things hit the fan and then coming back and dropping some news. So she went on these vacations and came back, and the OM got demoted to a TL. So I'm no fool. I'm looking at what's going on with the client, so forth and so on, and I realized that there's some organizational structure issues here. And my boss would give a couple of meetings and be like, yo, they're looking at some of y'all, and sometimes she would be like, they wouldn't be, they're not looking at y'all, so forth and so on. Things are happening. We got to work two Saturdays a month. Me particularly, she gave me a closing shift. Like, I never pushed back on anything because I wanted to be valuable to the team, the go-to guy when there was something impossible. But again, when you play that and you never push back, people will take advantage of it. They're going to lean on their strongest person and they'll use them up. So after I saw she got demoted back to TL, I realized that there was going to be some stuff going on. But my numbers were on point. So I talked about this in previous episodes. Y'all can go back and listen. It was little stuff going on. Like I listened to a call from an agent and he pretty much chumped out the customer. This is during a time where they're doing an audit and the audit, we have to be at like an 80 something percent. And they're saying, yo, if you don't catch them prior to the audit, we're going to hold you for it. So I, you know, bring it to my manager's attention. And of course, no accountability from that particular agent. They tried to say that I made fun of something that wasn't true with their anxiety. Don't talk to them no more. Right. Um, the young lady with that whole thing where she tried to say I sexually harassed her. Right. They made me sign something. They gave me a warning and said, don't talk to her no more. The young lady continues to call and message me and I bring it to my boss's attention. She does nothing. That first TL who I was on her team and she actually sexually harassed me and they paid me out for, I'm in these situations and this is months later, she called me up drunk. I tell my boss, she does nothing about it. I have a young lady who, you know, leaving her desk for half of her shift a day. I can see it. I'm bringing it to her attention. She does nothing about it. And she never does anything about any of this stuff until I'm holding these people accountable and they run the HR. There was a situation where they had a skip level meeting. 
And that's where they have a meeting with, at that time, my 20 associates without me. And it's pretty much a Rico or something like that where they're trying to catch you doing something. And I came out of that unscathed. So even though I wasn't really doing anything, because my boss wasn't handling the things the way she should, this stuff would blow up. And then she have to scramble to try to hide it from HR or something. Right? Boom. I'm getting to my wits in at this point. And I'm going to kind of bring this to an end. I'm going to try to close it out in about 15 minutes here. I go on vacation. I'm on vacation. I come back. The day I come back, I have a meeting with my boss at 12 o'clock. That says touch base meeting. Now, mind you, I just came through a situation where I had to put my team through a boot camp. Our numbers was looking crazy. We turned them around. I'm, I'm building these relationships. They had a skip level. I'm almost Billy the Kid because even though people are upset, some of them ended up coming around and even to this day say, I appreciate for what you did to me. Some people felt bad and some people are just who they are. All this stuff is going on. I come back. Touch base meeting. Oh, how was your vacation, my boss? She was so fake. And I don't have no qualm saying it. She was fake the entire time. And I don't have no problem saying that because I was fake too. Because I could, I should have chumped her out two, three times and asked her to do something. Because I knew my value. Long story short, there's too many TLs on the campaign. I was one of the last TLs added. And I wanted to add that dynamic. A bunch of the other TLs were in the brick and mortar prior to the work from home. So they had previous relationships, right? No matter, though they said it was easy, they had favoritism. This goes back to what I was saying about the clicking up and everything. Long story short, the client has too many TLs. And to no fault of my own, they needed to release one, some of the TLs. And I'm one of the TLs being released. I was let go. To no fault of my own. And in the conversation, my boss, who's younger than me, is saying that, but she she revealed her hand. She was like, well, you had a lot of people on your team who was going to HR about stuff. So she let me know right then that because there were serious situations that she just didn't want to deal with because I wasn't doing anything or else I would have been fired. She let them get out of hand. She got tired of hearing about it, and she let me go. Furthermore, I could have went off right then. I stayed for the remainder of the week, and I did eventually say to her, like, oh, you trying to make me do your dirty work. And then she played victim. Oh, I can't believe you would say that to me. But, but that's what it was. And she felt bad because she told me, and I hope anybody on my team hears this because, again, I'm not slandering. This is, these are facts. I think y'all should know what y'all dealing with. Oh, well, you know, this ain't no fault of your own, and you're really a good TL. I'm going to try to see if there's another campaign I can get you under. Just, you know, handle business for this week. Keep your team's morale up, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think she called me back? Do you think she said anything? She couldn't even face me after that. Now, here's the thing. And the reason this episode is called Friday is because I pretty much got fired on my day off. And it sucks. And I just told y'all some of the things that I went through at that job. Why am I telling y'all this story? Closure. I was very upset about that. It wasn't fair. When you go from being on salary to just like the next week, you're not on salary. I had so much PTO because she wouldn't allow me to take paid time off, even though my boss was taking two-week vacations, that I pretty much got two more checks that were full checks just from PTO on top of the regular check I was supposed to be paid. 
I'm still dealing with it. I've had to do this whole season knowing this and knowing that I was going to reveal this. It makes me angry. It makes me want to sue the company. It makes me want to call up CJ, my old OM, and chump her out and tell her about herself. It made me want to tell all the people on my team, a bunch of them who were leaders, because that's the thing. I was getting to the point where I had four subject matter experts who could definitely be TLs. And they were so good coming from my team that they were just giving them to other people's teams. And it's unfortunate. And it's been an adapt, an adaptive period where I've had to adapt and accept some things and let it go because God can't use you when you're full of resentment. The thing that has helped me is some of those people who are difficult, quote unquote, people, I feel who when they were on my team, they were just misunderstood and nobody spent time with them. And to this day, I have people from my team every week call me and tell me how much they are. And I don't do it for this. And I, I don't care about it, but I appreciate it. But they tell me how great I was, how much I helped them become a better person how much I showed them things, how much they realized now that I cared about them and I had their best interests in heart. And now they threatening my people because I still call on my team because I left them with a chat to have because, you know, I went ham. So before I got up out of there, I proved everybody's part time off, gave everybody attendance points back and I made them a chat so that they could still communicate. And unfortunately, they don't feel that same love from the people who are now their TL. So they chat with each other and they're threatening them. I don't get any kick out of it, but I know for a fact, by the time I left, if I had 18 people, nine of them have left. Two more are about to leave. And I didn't tell them to leave. I told them to stay and be diligent and be righteous. And it's not cool, but it lets me see that my time there was up. And I had so much love for those people on my team that I was going to continue to pull up with, put up with the abuse and the BS because of my love for them. So I know God's character with me. And from a religious aspect, that's why we have to know his character. Because right now, I don't see it. But I know that his thinking and his ways are above my ways. And I know that if I wouldn't, he got something else for me to do. And if he didn't let me leave like that, it could have been devastating to me. Because had I got fired, it would have been a negative experience. You know what I mean? I think that God knew that was the best way to get me out of that situation in an amicable way. So that I wouldn't be completely crushed. Because it was to no fault of my own. My people still call me and I talk to them weekly. And as we're talking about development and kind of bringing that cold topic to a close... Closure. This is a chance for me to heal, but also to share with you all something that I'm going through and how I'm dealing with it and speaking to closure. Closure is very important, especially in self-development, because it allows you to process and come to terms with a traumatic event or difficult experience that you may have had. It can bring a sense of resolution and finality, which ultimately allows you to move on and begin the healing process. Closure can also help to reduce feelings of uncertainty, confusion, anxiety, or in my case, lingering sadness or anger. But most importantly, it can lead to personal growth and what we're here for, improve your mental health. So I want to end this episode letting y'all know that I got Friday, man. <laughs> I literally on vacation and my first day back from vacation, two hours into my shift, I was laid off. But more importantly, it's the closure. 
And whether it be the passing of a loved one, the end of a relationship, the end of uh, something that you're familiar with, because a lot of the times closure has to deal with leaving something familiar and embarking on something unfamiliar, right? But I just want you guys to keep that in mind, especially going into this new year and as we continue to talk about self-development, because you could do a lot of developing on yourself. And I was just talking to one of my people today, um, who's eventually going to be on the show. But uh, you could do a lot of work on yourself, but until you address some of the hurts and pains and unfairness and uh, situations that didn't work out in your way that happened in your past, you will never be able to completely heal, level up, move to the next step, and from a spiritual aspect, for God to use you. So, yo, I want to end this episode like that. I know it was all over the place, but um, despite the story, the bigger thing is, and that's what this episode is allowing me to do, right? Closure, man. Learn from your past. Don't live in it. Yo, that is it for this week's episode. Episode 509, Friday. Um, remember each and every day, look for something you can learn, look for a way to lessen somebody's suffering. And I will catch up with y'all next week. Appreciate the support, like subscribe, share about some merch. I love y'all stay up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.